and thank you for joining us on the Therapy Cable podcast. What you're about to listen to are conversations and interviews on some of the most crucial and important topics in the behavioral and mental health space. It is our mission to help remove the stigmas attached to mental health, psychology, and addiction, one recording at a time. Welcome to Therapy Cable. I'm Dr. G, and uh, this based on a uh, feedback that we received from uh, one of our viewers about an- the relationship between anxiety and personality disorders. This topic of relationship between anxiety and personality disorder is uh, particularly interesting because uh, if we understand the impact and the nuances of personality traits, a person can um, be in a better shape, if you will, to deal with their anxieties and worries in, in life. Because really every personality um, trait, not just disorder, but, you know, kind of a, uh, a, a lighter version of the intensity of a personality disorder uh, being more or less a tendency or traits or characteristics uh, that lie on the same spectrum um, are helpful to in, in uh, helping us navigate our way around certain stressful events. And to give you an example, for instance, if a person is struggling with some uh, aspects of, let's say, OCPD, which is uh, Obsessive Compulsive Personality Disorder from Cluster C, um, and knowing that they have a tendency toward perfectionism and wanting everything in place and in order and needing to control things in their lives and in their environment, then uh, they can become a lot more aware about sources of their anxiety and be able to limit uh, not only those sources as well as uh, focus and direct uh, their their own approach and uh, energy toward management of their those stressors as well as their own anxiety, such as you know it's like a kind of a self affirmation. If they're getting too worried, what they can tell themselves is that you know yes things are not in order, but it's probably their um, personality characteristics or in worst case scenario OCPD kicking in and rather than worrying too much about the situation and catastrophizing that this whole situation is going to get out of hand they can remind themselves that this is a tendency i have to want to control the situation this is a tendency i have to want to um, manage everything to perfection but it's not necessary let's say in this case and uh, Therefore, I can remind myself that it is not going to be an end of the world, but more or less a little bit of um, a stressful situation that I can work myself through. It's going to be okay in the end. Uh, compared to a different personality uh, trait uh, or disorder, let's say, let's pick one from car- uh, cluster B. In this case, uh, borderline personality disorder. 
uh, would be uh, characterized by a tendency of emotional dysregulation in uh, light of um, feeling rejected or um, abandoned or um, kind of um, uh, disapproved of. So a person who has those traits can again uh, remind themselves that I'm getting overly anxious and worked up in this situation perhaps because I feel you know a little bit disapproved of and rejected that's my own tendency that's my own thing that I'm working on to get over again it's not the end of the world it's not a complete uh, lost situation I can handle it I can get over it um, it's requires a lot of self-affirmation in each of these cases in order to overcome that worrisome situation. However, one person with OCPD would tell themselves a, a little bit of a different story than someone with borderline personality. So <clears throat> this is just an example. Let's go through those personality sort of categories and clusters to understand more in depth how to deal with anxiety and worries. So cluster A was the odd eccentric cluster which really revolves around the cornerstone of all these personality disorders in that category being schizotypal, schizoid, and um, paranoid personality disorders which uh, all revolve around a notion of um, uh, disconnect between their own reality and skills and coping of the situation as well as uh, the environment um, and and what is happening in terms of the expectation and demand from the society um, so for example paranoid personality is overly paranoid worried uh, because of let's say a sense of uh, safety that uh, they believe that the world is not safe they are not safe everybody is out there to get them um, and if they are being made aware of this tendency, then what they can do is literally remind themselves that they may be exaggerating, they may be um, reading too much into the situation. And uh, as we have talked about this personality disorder before, one of the best coping mechanisms they would have is to rely on someone that they trust. So rather than relying on their own logic and thinking rationale, because that is something that is like a spiral, um, uh, almost like destructive uh, way of thinking and, and uh, analyzing the situation that leads them to the worst case scenario, they can rely on somebody else, like a third party that would have a little bit more objective viewpoint and um, ask that person, are they worrying too much? Is that, are they reading too much into the situation? Do they really need to be worried in this particular situation? And then as the result, they can literally um, uh, reduce their uh, anxiety in that moment just by feeling more grounded, more safe and secure, more supported by the trusted person. Uh, a person with schizoid personality disorder will have a little bit of a harder time to do so because typically what happens with schizoid personality is that they shun society and social interaction. They're not even interested in those types of um, you know, human 
exchange, if you will, uh, and, and connection. Therefore, they may uh, get overly isolated, and then if they worry and, and stress too much, then really there, there is nobody around to be able to connect to, or rely on, or, or get support from. So the burden uh, lies heavily with them themselves to really just pass the time that uh, is so worrisome and anxiety-provoking by engaging in some kind of a distractive and distracting uh, behavior, such as, let's say, reading a book, watching a movie, just not thinking about the situation. Um, even though it's not really the best approach, a long-term approach, because if there is a problem, they're not thinking about the problem or the solution, then um, they're really not doing anything about it. So the situation may worsen. Therefore, ultimately, it would be better to seek help by, from an expert. However, in the meantime, if they don't want to be too overwhelmed uh, by the problems and lack of the solution, then they can at least distract themselves from that overly anxious, intense, um, uh, overwhelming feeling uh, for, for the moment until they feel better a little bit in order to then seek some help or advice. Uh, with the schizotypal anxiety, uh, with the schizotypal personality disorder, we're talking about the tendency of the individuals really just kind of missing the point here and there because they have a little bit of an odd sense, an awkward sense of reality, what they experience and what they, the way they feel about themselves and the society and around them is quite in contrast with societal norms. At times they have some um, aberrant uh, experiences such as you know hallucinations or delusional thinking. Uh, therefore, it's hard for them to really match their inner world to the external world, um, and therefore they come off as you know odd and awkward and and a mismatch more or less. And and they get that type of feedback from other people. You know, where uh, people around them also don't respond very positively and supportively to them. Therefore, they may f be at times just kind of feel lost and. Um, disconnected and um, unwanted, as well as have a hard time really to just uh, fit in the society or their, their environment. So uh, that is also particularly challenging in terms of being able to reach out to someone to uh, for help and support. However, internally, again, what they can do is remind themselves that um, anxiety is re really just a uh, fleeting emotion. It's a temporary um, reflection of the things that are around them. It doesn't last forever. So what they can do is, um, just like many other uh, personality disorders as well as just generally any human being, distract themselves from the source of anxiety for now until they find a better moment and opportunity to deal with the situation. Now, distraction is only one of many ways of ang reducing anxiety. It's not the only way, it's not the best way, but that's just one, um, one way of dealing with it. Um, however, there are multiple other uh, options, such as uh, meditation, relaxation, 
um, deep breathing, muscle relaxation, guided meditation. Those are all um, more or less on the same wavelength, I would say, with distraction. It would temporarily help a person overcome a certain situation to just calm themselves down, um, use their body as well as a greater awareness of uh, their whole existence to um, uh, to counter this flood of emotions and hormones that are uh, popping up within them neurochemically. Um, those are generally well-established methods of dealing with anxiety for anyone. Uh, here, what we want to do is really uh, try to uh, find a better match to, uh, to a person's personality traits. And as I mentioned for cluster A, uh, because of these particular characteristics that each person has, they can remind themselves that this is my particular um, tendency, script, uh, habits, if you will, and uh, it's going to be okay. I just need to go and, and get over this particular hurdle for now. Overall, things are going to be fine, and I'm going to improve in my life. Uh, when it comes to cluster B, we are talking about a dramatic, emotional um, type of a category where the subcategories of uh, personality disorders within this cluster being borderline personality, narcissistic, histrionic, and antisocial all tend to uh, make a lot more out of the situation, exaggerate, intensely engage in emotional uh, reactivity to the situation, that tendency tends to also exacerbate their problems and their situation because it more or less hijacks their mind from uh, literally calming down and tending to the solution uh, toward a exacerbation and more kind of digging in into the problem and getting lost within the problem. Um, I'm just being overwhelmed and flooded by hormones and neurotransmitters and just feelings. Um, so knowing that what cluster B personality disorders can do uh, is really just remind themselves that they're emotionally um, overly sensitive. So um, they just tend to rely too heavily on feelings, emotions, and uh, this reactivity in the moment. And it's really not necessary uh, on a, in the long run. Therefore, what they can do is just remind themselves that um, for the time being, actually, they're much better off calming down, regulating their feelings, emotions, which is, goes back again to what we discussed, those basic principles of emotional management and emotional regulation um, in order to let the times pass these times of you know stress and worry they only last for a few um, minutes or hours uh, no worry or no um, emotionally intense situation in life lasts for much longer than that uh, things change uh, change is inevitable therefore what we are dealing with is what we call this proverbial wavelength or wave-like uh, type of a phenomenon. You know, emotionally intense moments because of a certain situation that is heightened in the, in, in, for the moment because there is a reason for that, such as, you know, maybe a, an accident happened, maybe a uh, certain 
altercation uh, occurred and uh, but then that that peak is going to last only for a few minutes or a few hours if you will then it's going to subside there is going to be a, a time where uh, people actually can take a break can um, uh, calm themselves and ad address and approach the same situation again from a little bit more uh, calmer more healthier more grounded more secure perspective uh, knowing that cluster b personality um, uh, traits if you will and characteristics lead a person to uh, be more aware of their emotional reactivity and they can remind themselves that this is going to pass they need to just take a little bit of a different angle perspective approach in a few hours or in a few days specifically when it comes to borderline personality people tend to uh, engage in this tug of war you know a lot of times overly involved with uh, other people and too close to enmeshed with them and at times completely distancing themselves from them shutting down uh, not wanting to talk to them withdrawing and isolating so um, uh, rather than engaging in these uh, types of um, you know pull and push type of a behavior uh, to the extremes what they can remind themselves is that you know, uh, they, they need to find a middle ground rather than leaning and running into these extremes, which is going to make the situation just worse. Uh, remaining in the middle ground and allowing time to pass uh, will also give them a better perspective of the situation with a lot more information that they can use to make the, an informed decision, which in the end also going to, and on the long run, also going to uh, help them with better solutions in their lives. Uh, with the histrionic personality uh, trend, what we have here is more of a, also anxiety management or emotional dysregulation, but they tend to engage in a lot of uh, seductive uh, behavior, a lot of uh, sensual, sexual behavior, and uh, very flamboyant and uh, overly dramatic which may uh, really send the right the wrong message to to other people so what they could benefit from is to learn that um, you know some of these decisions some of these behaviors they would engage in uh, actually could make the situation worse so again kind of toning down on their intensity and reminding themselves that uh, there are many other ways of dealing with the situation, uh, you know, an overly sensual, sexual, seductive, and manipulative way that does not need to be the best way, and most of the time is not the best way and ultimately may backfire. So what they can do again, remind themselves that I may be contributing to my anxiety or to do this, to the stress of the situation by my behavior. So let me kind of take a look back at what I've been doing or I am doing, which requires some feedback from others. You know, honest uh, inquiry about, uh, honest feedback from others, how, how they fare in their relationships, and, um, and taking that feedback to heart and adjusting their behavior uh, ultimately would result in less anxiety in their lives. And with the um, narcissistic personality disorder, um, 
what we're really talking about in terms of their uh, uh, that's a very complex uh, personality by itself we can go into um, almost two dual uh, presentations of narcissistic personality uh, which would take a long a lot more time but to summarize it what I would say is the um, lack of empathy and this kind of complete disconnection between a, an omnipotent inner sense of um, uh, kind of all-empowering type of a, uh, inner world that they have that doesn't match the outside world itself can be source of anxiety for them and uh, without them realizing that it is actually uh, what leads to more stressful events in their lives. So there's a lot of subconscious elements that really lie at the uh, foundation of all these anxiety disorders and traits of it, specifically with narcissism, because people with a lot of narcissistic tendencies, they don't even know <clears throat> how uh, narcissistic they are, how they come across to others, which then leads to a buildup of stressors and problems in their lives. So um, ultimately, if anyone is aware of their own narcissistic traits, I would again say that they may want to look at that as a contributor and remind themselves that again, honest feedback, especially from a, a trusted professional, such as a therapist, psychologist, psychiatrist, would be very helpful because they can get that more of a neutral, well-meant, well-intended feedback from a professional in terms of how they may come across in their lives that would lead to more um, conflict in, in, uh, you know, in their relationships. If they can become aware of that, they can actually reduce a lot of the anxiety that exists in their, in their, in their lives. And um, uh, antisocial is one of the hardest, really, because they may not even be interested in, uh, in that type of a, anxiety reduction because what they're doing already is all revolved around their own anxiety reduction by completely disconnecting themselves from the norms of the society and just rebelling against the society. However, what I would suggest is if anyone would again become uh, acutely aware of this, as, uh, of this tendency of personality as a problem, if they start to see it as a problem and recognize and admit that they need to change that, it would be helpful to uh, know how they can overcome their own uh, sense of inner rebellion against uh, authority and that they uh, stop, stop seeing um, evil, let's say, in uh, people with authority or positions with authority. They, they open their mind and see benefits of authority, why we need that notion of authority in a societal structure where there are multiple hierarchies, where things could get out of hand, if where authority can actually lead to the uh, establishment of order and organization within a complex social structure, if they can educate themselves and inform themselves about those benefits, then they can actually learn how to live with it and get along with it and, and come to respect it to a point that uh, it serves them and the society better. Uh, lastly, which we actually kind of started with uh, Cluster C, 
OCPD was a good example, but the other two, avoidant personality and dependent personality disorders as being part of the anxious, uh, worrisome uh, type of a category and cluster of personalities. Um, again, uh, the, the main concern is revolving around anxiety itself. It's uh, the fearful, anxious category, meaning that the, um, the whole problematic um, tendencies as a personality they have is to reduce mainly anxiety. So uh, it's actually the personality trait and or disorder is uh, uh, designed to um, as a coping style as well as what we call a defense mechanism uh, to reduce anxiety in general. However, it also becomes an impediment uh, overall, for instance, let's say dependent personality, somebody who cannot make, doesn't want to make decisions in their lives, ultimately, you know, uh, turn over their life and their fate to somebody else, which by itself can become a source of anxiety and stress in their lives. Uh, paradoxically, in contrast and contrary to what they believed, uh, however, what can, let's say, come up with examples how a de dependent personality, uh, uh, person with a dependent personality can actually um, uh, counteract uh, against a source of stress and anxiety. What they can do is remind themselves of their um, difficulty that they have around decision making and um, kind of accept the situation uh, unless they're actually working on uh, you know, uh, graduating from this coping skill and putting it behind themselves and getting over it in, in therapy. If they're not uh, engaged in therapy, if they're highly dependent on others, uh, then uh, they can become simply accepting of the situation that this is what they're dealing with. They're, they have a high source of anxiety around uh, making decisions, but there is a trusted source that they can rely on. Now, gradually involving themselves in that process of decision-making and learning how to actually make good decisions uh, would perhaps be helpful to, to them because then they can start seeing the benefit that comes out of the process of thinking, analyzing, and um, a good decision-making. And, and also learning how to live with the consequences of some bad decisions uh, that are manageable. Let's say there's, there's a loss that can be managed. Um, and, and learning how to deal with small amounts of loss and failure ultimately can lead to uh, ability of dealing with bigger uh, amounts or size of loss and failure, which is really, uh, again, one of the core characteristics of uh, at the foundation of being able to succeed in life. Because people who uh, don't learn how to live with losses, they can also um, have a hard time with succeeding in life. They don't even want to take risks and they are paralyzed, they get stuck. Uh, we know people who do succeed in life and, um, you know, achieve certain milestones. They, uh, they have experienced losses and failures. They continually uh, experience losses and failures. However, they have learned to deal with them, to cope with them, to get over them, and more or less uh, be able to ignore them, to 
some extent and, and absorb the, the losses and, and just kind of get back on track and focus on their uh, successes in their lives. It's a ma- management of their focus and attention. Not, it's not a complete absence of failures and losses in their lives. So, uh, and then lastly, the avoidant personality disorder who uh, just kind of uh, is highly fearful of, you know, sense of rejection, failure, um, even connection and attachment. So what they do, they tend to just, just avoid situations where these types of uh, feelings uh, can, can pop up. And, um, and get them in trouble. Uh, again, very similar approach. You know, uh, the fact that they are currently experiencing experience this type of overwhelming, paralyzing anxiety is really a product of their prolonged way of avoiding situations. So as a result, they haven't really learned how to deal with situations. So again, it, it is a matter of learning principles of uh, going back to the basics to learn to uh, face certain manageable situations despite the um, you know a, a small amount of of rejection of um, disapproval and uh, learning to live with those small amounts of rejection disapproval and again focusing on the benefit of being engaged in the society being engaged in relationship being engaged with people. It's a matter of learning principle and that can uh, lead to um, um, appreciating relationships and connection with others and be less anxious and worried about them. So bottom line, when it comes to these personality characteristics, each one of them would offer a little bit of an angle, if you will, a particular angle that a person is typically and uh, predictably um, tr- struggling with and as uh, if they if a person can detect that angle then they can um, really limit and focus their attention uh, limit the damage limit the anxiety limit the stress and focus their attention on that particular um, skill and um, uh, generally what I would suggest lastly is that anxiety is uh, not always a bad thing. Uh, we tend to want to avoid it and uh, uh, kind of prevent it, but we also have to understand really why anxiety exists. Uh, generally, what we know is anxiety, for instance, uh, can also itself be re- you know, regarded on a scale of very low, what we call a signal anxiety, which can be beneficial to a person's reality and dealing with the reality around them to a a neurotic anxiety, neurotic level of anxiety where it becomes overwhelming and uh, debilitating and uh, and actually should be managed as well as, you know, um, uh, kind of dealt with from not just by by a person by themselves, but also with the help of a professional and then psychotic anxiety which is extremely uh, dysfunctional and really creates a completely different set of reality for a person which then we would um, actually would have to medicate or otherwise uh, contain but 
we're going back to the very low level, low grade level of anxiety that a lot of us experience on a daily basis, which we call a signal anxiety. The reason we call it a signal anxiety because it's, it is signaling something. It is signaling a discrepancy. It's signaling a uh, need for attention. So rather than avoiding and preventing um, that type of a um, little worry that every one of us experience once in a while, maybe even 10 times a day, it, it would be prudent for people to actually pay attention to that signal anxiety. Ask themselves, uh, first of all, acknowledge that there may be a benefit, and in fact there is a benefit to experiencing that little uh, sense of worry or anxiety. It is signaling that part of our life needs more attention. So digging deeper into it and asking ourselves, you know, what is it in my life that actually requires more attention from me? And um, paying it its due, um, uh, you know, attention in terms of um, kind of doing a little bit self introspection, taking the time to examine and uh, analyze parts of our lives uh, would be beneficial because ultimately we don't miss the boat. We uh, don't miss the opportunity of. Uh, something within our psyche, within our sen- within ourself, within our uh, experience of the world, is alerting us to an area of our life that uh, could benefit from our spending time and attending to it. It could be a little bit of a relational issue. Maybe we have ignored some uh, relationships. Could be a financial issue. Maybe we have ignored paying a bill or being on time with some expenses or uh, even making money, uh, par- possible source of uh, revenue generation. It could be a health-related issue that we may have postponed for a while, but again, part of our mind wants to get our attention back on track to pay attention to that, uh, something that if not attended to would could be uh, you know, uh, exacerbated down the uh, road and Uh, turn into a a big disease or disorder that would require medical attention and uh, tons of money to to heal. So uh, there are many areas in our lives that actually uh, deserve attention. And anxiety a lot of times is beneficial because it reminds us that there is an area that has been ignored. Why don't we pay attention to it? As bottom line, a benefit, a huge benefit of anxiety. A lot of times I um, liken it to an alarm clock. When a lot of times when my clients, uh, I talk to uh, you know my clients in a private session and they're highly worried about certain areas of life and say, how can I not worry? And I bring this up as an analogy. Well, um, you know, it's just like a snooze button. If something... Like an alarm clock goes off in your life over and over again, and you're pressing the snooze button, well, down the road, it's going to alarm again. So what you want to do is really not press the snooze button, just kind of get up and pay attention. That's what, what it is. Anxiety at times can be a good thing. So bottom line, we covered anxiety and relationship between anxiety and some personality disorders and traits. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, video clip. Please leave us some feedback. We would like to know how to improve our uh, production as well as the content. And we would love to hear more about other topics that you would like us to produce some videos. Thank you for watching. 
and uh, spread the word and come back to Therapy Cable. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Therapy Cable podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast provider. To view the entire videos of these episodes, visit us online at therapycable.com and send us an email about your thoughts and topic suggestions.